Hello, I'm Phil Farrow, Chief Meteorologist at WSBN-TV in South Florida, and this is Weather or Not. In this week's issue, we talk about the health of our greatest resource, the ocean. It needs to stay clean and you can help. Every little thing kind of helps. There's no one tip that's better than the others, but people would be surprised how easy it is to start making a difference when it comes to our water quality. Find out how a group of surfers are leading the way. Meteorologist Jackson Dill with the story next on Whether or Not. When the tropics heat up, you can stay cool. Because the chief works right here. 7's chief meteorologist, Phil Farrow. He's been doing this for nearly 30 years. As soon as we get information, we bring it to you instantly. Wilma, Katrina, Irma, he guided us safely through them all. That guy never sleeps, but that's so you can sleep easier. You want to help keep our ocean clean. Here's a group doing just that. Jackson Dill has the interview. Our world's beaches and coastal waters are a treasure to many around the world, but water quality can be concerned. In the United States, the Surf Rider Foundation, which is made up of volunteers who collect water samples and report it, released their latest findings from 2021. I spoke with the regional manager for Florida and Puerto Rico, Evan Oriana, to learn more. Evan, thanks so much for joining us today. Now, can you first explain more about what the Surf Rider Foundation does and why it's important to sample water quality levels? Sure. So as the name pretty much says, the Surf Rider Foundation was founded by surfers um, in 1984 in Malibu, California. And it really all started when, you know, the locals who come and surf in this beach, they have pride, they love their beaches, they love their land. They started noticing a lot of development, a lot of things happening around the coast that really affected the water quality, whether it was pollution, runoff, trash. So they really saw a need to protect local beaches for not just surfers, for anyone who enjoys these areas. It kind of grew from there, from just a few dudes in Malibu to now we're international. We're in several countries all along the United States. We have 12 chapters in the Florida region. And pretty much we protect a slew of different things, but our main tenants are things like we fight plastic pollution, ocean protection, coastal resilience, clean water, and beach access. So um, it's this huge grassroots organization, I think 80 chapters nationally, you know, we have thousands of volunteers, and that's just the amazing part. Our chapters are all volunteer run, and we have started a program, oh, it's been around for a while, but... Uh, called the Blue Water Task Force, which is essentially our water quality initiative where we test for bacteria in local waters to alert the public, help out municipalities, and solve problems where we can fill in the gaps. The most recent report from Surfrider shows which locations in the U.S. are more suspect to high bacteria levels than others. Which cities or regions have been found to have these higher levels? You know, it's it's not just one simple answer because there's many factors that can affect bacteria quality. Obviously, the most easiest answer would be high density of population. Wherever you have more people, you have more runoff, you have more infrastructure problems, which can lead to higher bacteria in more areas. But the most interesting about this program is that sometimes we're able to identify problematic areas that aren't the usual causes, you know, 
Obviously, the Miami-Dade region has a lot of issues just because a lot of people, um, a lot of waterways, heavy rains can spill out, bacteria cause proliferation of uh, things into the water. Broward County, we've had a lot of problems in the past, not from just runoff, but infrastructure, just aging. Pipes can break, you know, things that are not apparent at first. We can affect our water qualities in local areas. Another interesting place is the Space Coast. Up in Brevard County, they identified areas of this one, we call it a creek, but waterway kind of spilling out into intracoastal. And we have identified areas further up the road, um, further up the stream that have contributed to this higher bacteria, whether it's golf course runoff, sewage structures, of cesspools, septic tanks, a lot of that old Florida needing to move into the newer systems and infrastructure issues. With this most recent report, has been found that there has been an increase in areas with poor water quality, or are there any trends that's been noticed with this report? You know, we do see a lot of trends, especially in the Miami-Dade area. Obviously, the busiest beaches, the ones closest to, you know, runoff areas are generally high. Um, Sometimes we see little other contaminant areas pop up. You know, and and that's the, the tough part is when we see these, when we start seeing a trend going, you know, there's a few spots in the northern Miami area that we've been seeing. That's when we start working with the municipalities, have our volunteers go out to test a little more than once every week, just to kind of see if we can find a possible cause. So it's it's all about problem solving, educating the public and reaching collaborative solutions that can help these issues. The new report also notes which popular U.S. beaches had the highest bacteria levels. And as a surprise to me, several beaches in Hawaii made the list. Why is that? So, you know, I, I don't know for sure. I can't speak for sure locally, but um, an island. You have people on there, especially with elevation. Runoff happens much more frequently. Hawaii, just like in Florida, there's aging systems. A lot of the homes, if they're, you know, out kind of away from the main cities. They're on septic tanks, cesspools. Those things fail over time. They need replacement. They need upgrades. So that could be a huge issue as well, contributing to that. You spoke about the rainfalls. You know, our sewers are meant to handle general rain, but days and days, a storm, a hurricane, that week long of where it's just pouring down here, it overwhelms the storm systems. And what storm systems do when they're overwhelmed is they have a spill out into the waterway, kind of like an emergency kind of evacuation sort of system. So those all contribute to it. So it's not just one factor, it's a multitude. And that's where this program really helps because we test water quality sometimes in the off season, you know, when cities aren't, when state isn't. Maybe we test places that the city doesn't and we can fill in those gaps for people. Sometimes, like I was saying before, we find a known source of bacteria pollution and we can trace it back to its cause. So we're able to help those municipalities kind of protect their waterways. How does Surfrider work with the government in sharing your findings? Yes, great example is in Broward County. They've had, poor guys, so many sewage issues in the last few years. And a lot of times, if it's not apparent, um, we were able to identify high bacteria in an area and alert them to the causes, and they were able to investigate further than that. We maintain our Blue Water Task Force website where visitors can go on and kind of see a uh, know before you go, a state of your beach kind of report, whether it's green, yellow, red. And it kind of helps out, like I said, fill in those gaps. Our, our whole mission with this is the cooperation 
with other agencies, with other groups, because our beaches in Florida, I mean, that's pretty much what we are. It affects everyone. No matter where you live in Florida, you live by the beach. Even if you're in the middle of the state, you get to the beach in two hours less. That's coastal, you know? What are the main culprits for high bacteria in the water? When it comes to, you know, obviously pollution, there's many different factors. Yes, you know, commercial industry is a huge issue here in Florida. However, a lot of it also comes from the public. Little things throughout the day. Obviously, you know, your homes, septic tanks are aging. You kind of want to be off of those main antiquated systems. But if you think about it, runoff is just anything on the ground that when it rains, when there's heavy uh, storm action, runs off into those storm drains on the side of the road. Those all lead to the ocean, you know? So we have to take a good look at what we use around our homes, whether it's fertilizer on our lawn, tar on our roof, our driveways. I always like to give the example, you know, you go to a, a parking lot and you see your car dripping stuff out, right? Think about every car in that lot dripping chemicals, dripping, you know, antifreeze, uh, oil onto the ground, that all runs off into the ocean. So it's about a little bit of everything. Our website has a lot of helpful tips to how to reduce that. Use, you know, more environmentally friendly treatments on your lawn. Try to forego those heavy pesticides. Try to use more eco-friendly chemicals when you wash your car, when you do stuff around your home. Even ocean-friendly gardening, planting native plants uh, rather than just grass helps absorb a lot of those toxins and contaminants before they make their ways into the waterway. A good story from that is our Space Coast chapter. Like I was saying, there you have this one creek that they've traced up to a golf course farther inland. And I mean, it goes from this huge intracoastal creek to this little tiny stream in this course well, they've worked with the municipality and they've started doing plantings on the sides of the runoff swales that can help trap contaminants, can trap those fertilizers before they get into the water and then make their way down to the waterways. Broken driveways, pavers in your driveway instead of the asphalt so things can absorb into the ground rather than just run off into the ocean. Every little thing kind of helps. There's no one tip that's better than the others, but people would be surprised how easy it is to start making a difference when it comes to our water quality. Is there anything else you'd like to add on this topic? You know, water quality um, obviously affects us all in Florida. Um, all Floridians are no, no stranger to blue-green algae issues, red tide. These things are all exasperated by the climate as it changes. Small increments in heat can add stress to it. But then when you add our human impact, that's when we really start seeing worse and worse case scenarios. So we've reached a point that we kind of feel we're past that talking point. It's time for action. It's time for everyone to take individual responsibility and really look, just look to their lives, look to see what they can do. It's not going to be easy. Environmentalism helping our planet is never something that's just going to happen without any effort. It's about changing. It's about giving up something that we use, making maybe a little bit harder for us to do something. But for future generations, environmentalism helping our planet is never something that's just going to happen without any effort. It's about changing. It's about giving up something that we use, making maybe a little bit harder for us to do something. But for future generations, the benefit outweighs the cost. Evan, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Jackson. Our next podcast drops September 27th. 
If you have a question or a comment, please send us an email at wxpodcast at wsvn.com. This has been Chief Meteorologist Phil Farrow. This podcast is produced by the 7 Weather Team. Original music by Chris Crane with technical support by Stephen Sejas. Thank you for listening to Weather or Not.